Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the AI Extra Post Match. This is the podcast after the absolute thrashing of Spartak Moscow, 7-0 to the Mighty Reds. This should be a fun podcast, maybe with a hint of sadness for me and one of my guests, but we'll get over it for the time being. So let me introduce um, you to my guest. Firstly, joined by Ollie Emerson. How are you doing, Ollie? I'm very good, Guy. Made happier by that result. Uh, I was good already but you know what a 7-0 win always heightens the mood a little bit I feel yes it does yes it does and my other guest Josh Williams how are you doing Josh yeah I'm good mate yeah as as Ollie just said especially after that performance aye exactly exactly Uh, we'll jump straight in um, start off with the boring stuff the team selection Um, Ollie any surprises for you I mean probably Henderson's the only one you could talk about here isn't it yeah I think um the only sort of debate earlier in the week, apart from the midfield, was um, was he maybe going to um, stick Aunt Trent at the right back instead of Gomez to maybe try and deal with Quincy Promise's pace a bit? But I, I, I didn't think he would. He's tended to go for, with Gomez when he feels that the right back's going to be more defensively challenged, although it didn't turn out that way. Most people thought it would before the game. And then obviously, I think, I think given, the, given the nature of the game and the fact that the front four, although they've been rotated, so some have been on the bench recently, given they're in such good form, I think Klopp had no choice but to put them all in for this one. Uh, and then go for Henderson out. It's a decision I agreed with, I agree with. Um, and I think it proved to be the right one. But then again, you could probably say Henderson was in the team on Saturday medal win. So maybe he's got one eye on the derby. It's hard to tell. But yeah, you can have no complaints about it after 7-0. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Josh, same question to you, really, maybe with a tactic spin on it. We obviously played a two-man midfield. Do you think that suits um, Chan and Ginny better than, say, Henderson? Well, I actually think it suits Henderson too. Mm. But, um, you know, I did say on the, on the MRA Jam podcast a couple of weeks ago that I think we will see the best of MRA moving forward in that double pivot when we play, you know, the four-four-two kind of formation. So... That was that was good to see. Um, 
But I think other than that, we've with the lineup we went very attacking. I think it was a case of knowing that for Sparta to get anywhere in the group, they had to beat us. So they've, they've got to attack us in some way. So if they're going to do that at Anfield, you know, we're basically going to attack them back. And I think if you look at most of our team, apart from possibly Clavan and Lovin, everybody else could has got a goal in them to an extent. So mm-hmm. I was I was happy with the lineup. Um, good to see Emre in, in his favourite position. Um, yeah, it was, I was happy with it. Very attacking side. Yeah, absolutely. And um, seeing as we kind of focused a little bit on Chan there, I think we'll we'll try and get the uh, couple slight negatives out of the way, or or crippling negatives for me and Ollie. <laughs> uh, firstly, Emery Chan, Josh sticking with you. Obviously, um, he was one of the players who was a booking away from missing the first knockout stage. Um, was he lucky to stay on the pitch? I mean, some people said it was a red. I thought it was uh, basically a yellow. What what do you think? No, I I barely even thought it was a yellow to be honest, because you know it was very it was about four minutes into the game, so you know let let the match settle and and you know give players at least one opportunity to um you know compose themselves or redeem themselves. But the referees, I think he gave out two yellow cards in the first five minutes. Um, so you know it's unfortunate there for me because other than that, I can't really think of a lot he done wrong for the whole game. And, uh, you know, we're going to be without him for the knockouts or for the first game, and at least so. It's unfortunate for me. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there. It was, because it, it was really early, I know people said to referee the game, but I think the fact that he was off the ground probably doesn't help his case. But yeah, it, it was really early on. I think after after that, there was a couple moments you're like, eh, don't touch your memory. And then it kind of just, second half, I've, he was probably one of our best players on the pitch, even though he went on and scored like another four goals. Um, but yeah, I think he was excellent at him, a bit unlucky with the yellow card. Um, Ollie, coming to you, what do, what do you reckon of the Emery incident and, and how much of a miss will he be for the next game? Um, I can see, what, at the time I was screaming it wasn't the yellow card. I watched the replay and I can see why he's given it, but I sort of agree with Josh that five minutes in, it's a bit of a harsh one. Um, and yeah, I think I think he might end up, my thoughts on Emery Chan well documented. I think he's our best sort of central midfielder. And I can normally deal with when he's rested or not picked, whatever. But I think the Champions League knockout game, sort of, I cast my mind back to the Europa League run, which was uh, arguably one of his sort of finest spells of form in a Liverpool player. He had a brilliant game against yeah. when he came back against Villarreal in the semi. Or was it Dortmund he came back against? And it was, yeah. Mm. He came back against either Dortmund or Villarreal. I think he played well in the second Dortmund game, and then he came. He was he like magically that was it, came, yeah. he magically he came had back that, against Villarreal. He had the assist for Origi in the yeah. Dortmund second leg, didn't he? Yeah. And then came back magically against Villarreal and was fantastic there again. So I think he's going to be a miss because I, I, I don't think Liverpool. If Liverpool will get on to who we can draw later, but if we draw one of the big guns, I think obviously the defence is going to be a concern. But with some of the midfield quality that these European teams have got. I think it'd be more of a miss, arguably, and this might be controversial, but I think having one of our frontline midfielders, such as Chan out, could be more of a miss in one a knockout game compared to if we had a Coutinho, Firmino, Mane or Salah out, because, you know, there's mm. four of them, so three of them could probably work. So whilst, obviously, tonight it's a minor blemish because we've won 7-0, we've topped the group, I think we might get ourselves round to February and be thinking, oh, damn, I wish Chan wasn't suspended, you know, if we go into the Bernabeu or somewhere, especially if we've got an injury, because... If we don't bring a midfielder in January, say let's say uh, Henderson's got an injury, 
um, then and chance of spending we could be arguably going to the Bernabeu with a midfield of pivot of Wijnaldum and Milner which I'd certainly be interested to see but maybe in a pre-season game as opposed to a Champions League last 16 so it's going to be a blow but I suppose we can't have too many complaints tonight because if you had said to me you'll win 7-0 but Emre Chan can't play in the first leg of the knockout I'd have said go on then we'll take that you just put a proper downer on a 7-0 there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, just the other bit of bad news. Obviously, Moreno came off with... I'm not sure what it was. It looked like a knock to his ankle, whether that's a twist or anything. Um, obviously, we're well-documented big fans of him, Ollie. Um, hopefully a short one, but big miss for you. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm going to try and like keep my like you know logical head on and say as much as I love him, and I really do love him, Like he's like... With with three nil, with two or three nil up at that point, and it's just it's not like a cup final or something. And he's just like, and he's, he's not he's not broken his leg, and he's just like can't hold back the tears as he comes off. I don't think it's because the pain, because he's gone back on. I think it's just because his love for the club. But it doesn't look like it's going to be one that's going to keep him out for ages. It looks like maybe he's just twisted his ankle, sprained, so maybe a couple of weeks or something like that. Which should because he's been such a good run in a, such a good run of form. It's still a shame, but we've got Robertson to come in. Milner did well tonight after he came on, so. Hopefully, it's one of those where it's just a couple of weeks. It can put a bit of rest in his legs, perhaps, and we'll forget about it eventually, guy. Hopefully. The scar's still fresh. Um, but, Josh, coming to you, maybe a little bit on um, Moreno, but looking forward, is this an opportunity for Robertson that he pretty much has to take, or do you think Klopp may revert to last season and play Milner left-back? Yeah, I think on the Moreno injury, I think I might, I might be being a little harsh here, but when I actually watched it, I was a bit frustrated as to how how he went into the challenge. I think he, he hasn't done himself a favour by going into the challenge half-heartedly, if you like. I think he it's one of them where he's gone into it and he's not wanted to hurt himself. And as a result, he's hurt himself. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, looking back at it, seeing the slow-motion replays and that, he, he goes into it almost 50% and you, you're going to come off worse when you do that. So it doesn't really surprise me looking at how he went into the challenge that he's come off with some kind of knock. But in regards to Robertson, you know, he, he definitely needs a couple of chances moving forward now. I think yeah. that the, the settling in period has been and gone for me. Um, I, th- I understood that at the, at the start with Ox, because obviously you've got to teach him the way we play and pressing and movements and this and that. But... In terms of Robertson, I'd expect that to, to have passed by now, but he's, we still see very little of him. So, moving forward, if we can rotate between him and Milner, you know, I'm I'm happy with that. But obviously, I'd rather Moreno playing. Um, he offers a bit more going forward. So, yeah, yeah, fully agree. Um, I do I do like Robertson, um, and I think this is time to take his uh, opportunity or be given an opportunity. Um, I think. Uh, the next big team we play is Arsenal, so I think he's got a couple, a, a couple good games till um, near Christmas time when we play Arsenal to get settled in. Everton don't really play with. I like that you're not calling Everton a big game there. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, well, they don't, they don't play with wingers. They, well, they, well, they play with Sigurdsson and. Uh, they don't really own wingers apart from a forty-year-old Aaron Lennon. Oh yeah, he plays <laughs> right wing, doesn't he? Can you get oh, if I said no? If I said that was going to be an easy game, Aaron Lennon would probably get a hat trick. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it's um, it's it's a good. He's not time. a good player, Aaron Lennon. Oh God, what I, have you done? Aaron Lennon should be dealt with. I mean, he's he's apart from pace, he's got nothing, nothing else other than pace. Scores once every three years. 
That is very true. That is very true. But yeah, I mean, we should... Well, people jokingly saying that we could play the kids against Everton. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, we we shouldn't be really worried about playing a, a second-choice left-back against Everton when, when their right-winger is Aaron Len. Um yeah, let's let's get let's get on to the good stuff, Salvi. Let's get the buzz going. Goals, goals, goals. Three in the first half. Um, how good? How good is that? Just fluidity in attack, Josh. Oh, it's it's up there with the the very best. I mean, I was watching PSG and Bayern last night. Mm-hmm. I think I put in a group chat as well. Um, you know, Mane and Salah are as good as the wings that were on show in that match. And if you had, you know, Bobby Firmino into that, um, and Coutinho as well, you know, it's it is ridiculous. And I think one of the main reasons I like this this four four two variation is because it does to an extent give the front four the license to just go on, go and win us the game kind of thing, mm-hmm. and the players behind them will just remain stable and give them the ball. And I think in the early stages of the match, I was amazed at how much. Of a almost lack of respect, Spartak gave us. Yeah. Um, it was crazy that the space they were affording us. I mean, I, I, you know, I was watching it, thinking to myself, have they seen what we've been doing recently? Have they seen what we do when we're when we're affording space? Because they were just, you know, going at us in the same way we were going at them. And there's only going to be one winner when that happens. But that front four can can win any game on their own comfortably. Yeah, in terms of the Premier League, and obviously you brought PSG, <clears throat> PSG and Bayern there, the two of the best teams in Europe. In terms of the Premier League, Man City have been getting all the plaudits really, but in terms of attack, we're we're right next to them there, aren't we? Um, but Oli, coming to you, um, obviously Coutinho got well near enough a first half hat trick scored right at the start of the first half. But how good is Bobby Firmino? I thought it was fantastic um, tonight, and I think he's been fantastic for a couple of weeks he seems to be playing the nine well playing the nine and a half well playing the ten well playing the eight well at times when he drops deep to get the ball he's just uh, he, he's sort of the he, he's the one that sort of gets the most praised by people that like want to praise him but by the casual fan in this front four when they look at it he gets the least praised but I'm not one of those people that sort of believes that without Firmino, the, the, the others couldn't do anything. But I really do believe he's the sort of guy that strings it all together. And he was fantastic again tonight. Relentless in his pressing. Beautiful beautiful layoffs, good passes, intelligent movement. Dragging players here, there and everywhere for Salah and Mane to run in behind. Dropping back and linking well with Firmino. And he got another goal, like three three goals in two games for him. It's his twelfth of the season, um, which is put, well, when people sort of set Firmino targets, they now do take into account the fact that it's the players around him are going to score more. But I think given the chances he gets, twenty is a fair target. He's on to twelve now, so he's probably going to hit that easily. And he got on to twelve with a really nice finish as well. And obviously at two 0 Liverpool could still lose a game. We all know that. So at three 0 we could, but probably a bit less likely to. And it's a really quick, instinctive, reactive. Nice technique with the outsider's right boot and just sends it into the corner and wheels off for a bit more dancing. I think the uh, celebrations are eventually just going to implode, implode into something absolutely insane, like something a bit PG thirteen. I if think it's, if it's not if it's not like a drug a drug fueled rave, I'll be disappointed. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's um it's gonna be wild. Um, but yeah, Josh, the other Brazilian of our uh, of our Brazilian boys, Coutinho, playing in midfield or playing left 
mid, was he this year, today? Four four one one, I think Klopp said in the uh, in the uh, post match. Um, playing left mid, and he got a hat trick. I mean, he's not. Well, he's been our top goal scorer a couple of times, but it's not been when we've uh, exactly been having one outstanding player. But a hat trick from left mid for what is normally a playmaker. How impressive is that? It's it is very. It's just a. Uh... I, I just love watching him play. This is why yeah. I was so strong in the in the summer in regard to keeping him. He's one of the, the favourite players, my favourite players that I've ever watched. He's just so involved in everything. And he he's so complete, even considering his size and the stature, he he can do it all. Yeah. He's, in terms of playmaking, you know, he's everywhere. He constantly wants the ball, constantly showing for the ball. He can shoot from distance. He can take set pieces. He can, you know, he can dribble, dribble past three men. He can break lines with passes. He really can do it all. And tonight, although we got a deflected goal, you know, he scored five goals in two games from left mid. And mid. And, and could have had two hat-tricks if they were all goal counted. <laughs> yeah, he's just an absolute top player. And I'm just doing my best to... Um, you know, admire him while he's here because unfortunately I think when you're scoring hat tricks from left mid in the Champions League, that's only gonna, you know, increase your stature within the game and if Barcelona haven't took note of that, you know, I don't know what I don't know, but every every team in Europe should be noticing things like that. Yeah, absolutely, um, and especially if we uh, we'll we'll get on to who we could draw later on. But if he if he starts if he starts doing this against Betty or the um, Giants of Europe as well, it's it's uh, not it's not going to help us keep him. But I think the only good thing is that Barca are being linked with other players now. Um, but yeah, I don't want to uh, I don't want to see PSG coming for him. Um, but yeah, Ollie, sticking with Coutinho, I don't want to delve into like a transfer pod, but. He's certainly came back into the team with a bit of form after his uh, injury setback, hasn't he? Yeah, well, he was he came back after his injury and he was having the odd good game, the odd bad game, and then everyone was saying sort of, oh, we're looking. He was was it? He was on the bench against West Ham when we won four one. Yes. And then was he on the bench against Stoke as well? Uh, last week, I'm because I'm yeah. thinking when we play the four two 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 four four two whatever. We can argue what we arguably because we attack so much with Salah, Firmino, Mane. We can have someone that opts there. So the other week I was actually thinking, oh maybe we should have just taken the money in for him in the summer and bought a centre back. But then when you see him go and do stuff like that tonight, you just think, why would you? Why would you ever want to sell him? There are like legitimate reasons to say maybe we, we can let him go, but he, he puts in performances like that, and he's just got so much quality and talent and. Just everything about the performance was fantastic and you just think, what a player, it's a pleasure to have him and we'll have him for as long as we can because when you when he puts in performances like that and he and the obviously the old thing with him was he couldn't do it consistently. But I think what he's doing now, as well as doing it consistently, is taking his game to the next level in terms of he's not showing bits of brilliance in games, but he's just running games, dominating defences, he's scoring, he's assisting, he's linking up and Really nice for him to be captain as well because he's coming up to his, uh, I think it's his fifth year anniversary at the club next month. So he's going to pass half a decade. Yes. I think it was really fitting to give him the armband and he delivered a performance worthy of it. Yeah, that's a real nice point. I think um, the last couple of performances, especially, I think he was, I think he was good um, when he originally came back from his uh, Barca writers. Um, is that he's, he's he kind of 
he had a bit of a patchy bit, and then then he's just kind of exploded into form. And I think people were starting to starting to say, "Oh, his head's not in, not at Liverpool." And I think that was really, I think that was a really lazy um, criticism of a player. But these last two games have just shown that his head isn't anywhere but Liverpool at the minute. And then whatever whatever happens will happen. But he he really is going to be hard to replace if needs be. But at the moment. Why would you want to leave Liverpool when you're smashing Team Seven <laughs> 0 uh, Especially when the the best stat I've ever seen is that we've had more seven nil wins this season than one nil wins. I can't remember who put that in the writers' group, but that is the best stat I've ever seen, and it'll never be topped on. It'll never be topped on Anfield Index. Um, but that, yeah, that is absolutely fantastic. And Ollie, sticking with you. Um, We'll go to one of the other Fab Four, um, not Salah, but we'll go to Mane. How come every time I think to myself, oh, he doesn't look fit, he goes and does something absolutely amazing? I t- uh, yeah, that's a really good question. I don't know if he's just sort of... And this, this, this is scary for the other, t- the other teams here. I don't know if he's sort of just half-arsing it because he knows that he's so good and he's got such good players around him. But last season, if we had Coutinho out, which we obviously did for a period, or Firmino wasn't quite firing, he had sort of dipped in that form at times, that he had to go and be the man for us. Whilst this time, he sort of, not strolls around, because his pressing's still really good, but just sort of like, goes at three quarters of his pace, skins people, knocks in a couple, sets up his buddies for a few, and he's just a, he's just another outstanding player. It's a pleasure to be watching for just insanely good footballers sort of united in such synchronised tandem at the moment and Mane's just topped off that again tonight good goal good um, counter pressing as Klopp would like to say and then an assist and I think I think it was Salah no Sturridge that squares it for him I think and he knocks it in mm-hmm. um, and obviously Mane's other goal was just absolutely sublime um, That I think I think actually when I, was watch- when I was watching the replay I don't think the replay does it justice because it doesn't look as good when they side foot it because everyone sort of wants to see the power off the laces but the technique he uses to just switch his foot angle at the last second to go from laces to side foot when the ball's coming to him at that pace on the volley is insane um fantastic player another fantastic player and another amazing performance he was fantastic tonight he's been fantastic a few times this season i think he's up to seven for the season now and god knows what he's going to finish on yeah, it's just going to be a race to see its top goal scorer at the minute. But um, Josh, the person winning that race at the moment, Mo Salah, um, finally got his goal at the end of the game. Um, fully deserved. He was excellent again. But how good is Mo Salah? Yeah, he's a top player, isn't he? I mean, the whole front four is one of the things we've got in our front four is complete variation. You've got four completely different. Yeah absolutely top attackers you know when you think of Coutinho you think of like that creative spark likes to come deep likes to dictate play you think of um, Mane who likes to stay wide likes to penetrate bit unpredictable you think of Salah who's got that poacher's instinct that you know that movement on the last shoulder that the eye for the goal and you think of Firmino who likes to drop deep link the play work right off the ball. So we've got such a variation there that teams, they can't cope with it. And Salah benefits from, as soon as the team's putting focus on one of the other um, players in the front four, Salah then manages to peel off them and, and get these little tapping goals, these little poachers goals. And tonight, I think 
he, he was he led the line well. I mean, we haven't seen much of him as as the most exam, most advanced forward. I think he was playing just ahead of Firmino, but he was getting chances here and there. There was a chance that he got early in the second half, I think it was, and he, he wriggles out of a, a tiny little situation, hits it with his left, and it's going into the far corner. Keeper makes a good save, and for me, that's just Mousal in, in a nutshell. He's that kind of player, very energetic, very um, impulsive, and he, he just he's, he's everywhere, and he deserved the goal because he deserved the goal a couple of days ago against Brighton too, but unfortunately only managed to get an assist or two, I think, uh, but didn't get a goal. So, you know, I made up for him. He's he's hit the ground running and he's he's still going. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, when even when he's not scoring, he's still looking like the best player on the pitch, and that's all you can do, really. <laughs> and especially seeing as the glowing praise we've just given to three other fellas, it's it's really impressive what what this um, what this player from who's a Chelsea reject is doing. He's becoming one of the best players in the league, and it, I think that's undeniable at the minute. But yeah, he's, he is so so good. I mean, his his goal tonight, obviously, uh, I think it was Milner cross. Um, Sturridge kind of went for it, missed it. it. Just that the composure and touch that he had to just... puts two defenders on their yeah. asses. When a play, when he puts two, when you put more than one person on the ass, you know it's a good goal. The, the best bit about it was the the wasn't the first, wasn't the, definitely wasn't the finish. The finish was mm. great on his right foot, but it was nowhere near the best bit. Most people watch it, and at first glance, they'd say the best bit was the first defender that goes on his ass. And when you see the goal in real time, you don't see the second guy go. But when you see it from behind and it's slowed down, there's one guy that goes on his ass straight away. And there's one guy that sort of goes halfway and then sees that Salah's going and tries to go the other way, going, 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 and then he falls on his ass too. And it's just beautiful. And then Salah knocks it in and that's quite sound as well. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. I mean, there's not not much better than a, than a defender being sat down, is there? Um... And kind of finishing um, the attacking line, obviously came on. I mean, don't we can't really talk about Ox in this situation. Is probably the other one, but the uh, fifth part of the uh, the attack, Daniel Sturridge, Ollie, um, came on. He gets a lot of criticism for no reason for me, um, but he came on and you you saw what he was about, and he showed that you saw the. Um, a sharing, caring side of his game. Obviously, he could have had a shot, but he decided to square it to Mane for his first goal. I think it was. Yeah, it was. Um, it's, it's sort of the ideal situation in in where you want to use storage because he sort of got that quality to sort of take it when the other players sort of maybe a bit tiring. So we're not flying forwards on the counters when we get the ball. He's got something different, and it'll slow it'll slow it down, sort of drag defenders about a bit, and then pick a pass or shoot. And the only like, sad thing for him tonight was when he chose to pass, which was quite a lot, and it's something he doesn't really get the praise for. When he chose to pass, players seemed to be knocking it in. And whenever the ball fell to him, it wasn't that his shot quality was poor, it just didn't quite fall to him perfectly. Obviously, we don't know how long he's going to be here for. Um, you always hear rumours that he might be off soon, but for him to be uh, play a good part in a Champions League campaign, for him to get his Champions League goal at home to Maribor, it's a nice way, if it is Sturridge's last chance to play Champions League football for Liverpool, it's a nice way for him to sort of bow out in a way that where he's not sort of, it doesn't have to be the main man, but in a way where he's still contributing, but not necessarily needed, which might end up being the reason he goes. Yeah, uh, it, it, w- it will be a sad day when he leaves. But Josh, coming to you, just a word on Sturridge. I mean, it was kind of weird. Obviously, we talked about Firmino's flexibility of playing like left wing, up front, 
behind the striker, but you kind of saw story a bit a bit of that from Sturridge. Obviously, Salah kept leading the line, and I noticed that Sturridge was playing a bit deeper at times as well. Do you think? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. However long he is here for, but he does have a certain level of versatility in his game to play multiple roles for us. Yeah, I think he's been versatile for his whole career, really. Yeah, I think he's he's played a number of positions, especially at the legs of Chelsea, and I think he was he was put on the flanks over there because of his speed. But I think now because he's lost his pace or most of it anyway. I mean, I think he's more suited. I think if you look at the the formation we played tonight, mm-hmm. bit of a four four two. So, I think if you look at that, he's more suited to the Salah or the Firmino role as opposed to Mane and Coutinho. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think Coutinho obviously dictates play from that side, and Mane on the other flank is all about speed, whereas Salah is about poaching instinct to an extent. Sturridge has got that, and Firmino's role is about link and play and dropping deeper, and we know Sturridge likes to do that too. So, there's definitely... Um, opportunities there for him, and he's definitely he's definitely not the type of player who completely doesn't suit the way we're playing. Um, but this this current situation must be hurting him now. It must be because tonight the the closest thing I've seen to to that really is, as a Liverpool fan was 2013 with Rodgers, and obviously Sturridge was a key part mm-hmm. of that attack. He was, you know, with Sterling and Coutinho and Suarez around him. You know, he was he was a main man. He was one of the main players. But I think now sitting on the bench watching an attack that, that that's that good on the pitch, and you're not involved in it, and there's a World Cup coming up, that that must be hurting his 
his pride and his confidence. And I think the fact that he's come on a couple of times and opted to pass rather than shoot, it's him being unselfish, but I think it's also, to an extent, a bit of a lack of confidence. I think players with, you know, confidence that's um, through the roof shoot whenever they get the opportunity. And Sturridge isn't doing it as often as you'd expect from from based on what I've seen of him throughout his career. He's not scared of shooting, but I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I, I feel like he, it's not really... It's not normal for Sturridge to be that generous, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can't. Well, I, I definitely, I definitely see where you're coming from. I mean, in uh, in his first couple of years with us, especially with obviously 13, 14, but 12, uh, 12, 13, obviously came in in January. He was he was scarily good. Um, but yeah, he was um, he used to be lethal. But if he if he is developing number ten traits, that's a good thing. But if he if he has lost a bit of confidence. At least he's still being involved positively. But yeah, I mean, we have seen a couple of missed chances. I think Newcastle, if I remember correctly, was one of them. But he hasn't he hasn't had a lot of opportunities. Um, obviously, he scored against Huddersfield, I think it was. So I think if he gets more minutes, which I think he does a bit, especially with um, the busy schedule we've got, I think he, he, will, he should be part of the rotation. So hopefully he gets more minutes. But um, yeah, I think Sturridge is definitely still very useful. Um, weapon in our uh, armory, um, but yeah, I think we've pretty much covered all the attacking players. Um, just to kind of cover the midfield and defence as a bit of a collective, and maybe touch on Carrius a bit. Ollie, anyone stand out for you? I mean, we kind of touched on Chan, but I thought Ginny was good. Uh, yeah, I thought we talked about Chan did well not to get sent off. Uh, Ginny was decent, had a good game. I think he's had some of his best games this season in that sort of formation. I'm not necessarily yeah. sure why, but I think he played well in it again. Regarding the defence, Moreno was good before he got injured. Milner got his assists. Um, the rest of them would sound. Um, I'm just like we did. The main thing for them was not to make any mistakes when it was two or three nil, and they didn't. And that's what they don't do often enough. So fantastic, and it seems like it's like a bit like telling a five-year-old, "Well done for spelling their name right," but you know, <laughs> well done because we'll take that. Uh, Carrius had that one weird moment where he comes and comes that, out. That and was the best that, that was, of the match. That was that was weird when he just went smack bang into Gomez. I think the guy was offside anyway, and Steve McManaman was dribbling in fume at that. Um, but uh, I thought he was alright apart from that he didn't have any amazing saves to make but there were a couple sort of from distance which bounced in front of him or looked a little bit tricky and he didn't yeah. make any mistakes so uh, I don't think in the group he's had the he, I don't think in the group overall he's had the chance or had enough to do or uh, to displace Mignolet and of course he did that make the sort of error from the free kick uh, in Spartak but I think he was good, he was good in well. he was good in Sevilla yeah yeah, I was going to say, and he was fine again tonight. So I don't think he's done himself any harm. Um, and I think he might. I think we'll get on to him a bit a bit later. But I think he might be a busy man, depending on who we face in the last sixteen come February. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll see which side of the coin you're both around for that bit later. Um, but Josh, just the rest of the team for you. Any anyone you want to comment on, especially? Um, well, I think I mentioned before the uh, before we started recording. You know, I'd done the player ratings for the match and the rest of the team, other than the front four, they, they are kind of just tasked with this 4-4-2 with just do your job, just simple, simple football. Don't make mistakes, fulfil 
a very basic role and the front four will win the game. So I think every player done that to, to a good degree. I think yeah. nobody really put any 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 made any mistakes or I think Lovren was was quite good to be honest. I think he I don't know about the stats but I I seen him win a fair few aerial duels and he was a fair few um points at which he could have maybe lacked a bit of composure on the ball but he, he didn't. He just like I said, he just kept it simple. Um I thought Milner was good when he came on. Um Emre Chan was good, he he had a relatively good degree of control throughout the whole match from the um from the pivot and I I, I can't really remember Sparta having any shots inside the box or any any touches inside the box or, or anything like that. So I think it was just a, a very another very efficient Liverpool performance with the team doing the jobs and letting the attackers win the game. Um, same as the last couple of matches, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's the best. I think that's the best way of putting it. Half of it's magic and half of it's efficiency. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's really it's a really promising trend at the minute, and long long may it continue. Um, but with an eye on the future, we'll get on to who we want in the uh, in the draw, which is on Monday, I believe. Um, so I'll go through the teams that we can get: um, FC Baal, Bayern Munich, uh, Juventus, do 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 Shakhtar. And Porto. So Oli co- oh, and Real Madrid. Sorry, um, Oli coming to you. Anyone you want? Do you want a big team? Do you want a little team? What do you want? Do I want a big team or a little team? I. It depends, kind of, because right, I'll go through them both quickly. Sort of the two sections. You've got the, the you've got your Basel, your Shakhtar, and your Porto. Is it? In the uh, three. Yes. Yeah, and then you've got Juve, Real Madrid, Bayern. I, I don't want Shakhtar. Because I don't want to go to Russia. No, Ukraine. Uh, is it? Yeah, Ukraine. Yeah. Um, and I don't really want Porto because they put five past Monaco tonight. I know Monaco aren't what they were, but uh, I just. But then again, I'd take them over Juventus and Real Madrid because I reckon those two can defend, and I don't want a top team that can defend. Out of all the top teams, your Barca's and whatnot, I'd rather have a Barca over a Real Madrid, because I think Real can dig in more better defensively, and I think we want a top team that's going to attack us, no problem. Um, Real Madrid but... are linked with David Luiz in January, though, so that could be... <laughs> Maybe I, that's the he'll one. Be, he'll be cup-tied, but that would be the best defensive setup ever. <laughs> but I think... Um, who if, if we're going to... I want... Logically, I want Basel because uh, I think they're probably the weakest team left in the competition that we can get. I think chance for revenge from a few years ago, and I think they've done really well in their group. Basel, I think they've won all they've won all their games apart from the ones against United. So they're clearly doing well in Europe this season. But I feel fairly confident against them. If we are going to get a big one, I don't want Juve because uh, it's going to be painful to watch. I feel confident about this Liverpool team running riot against most teams in. Uh, Europe, but I think Juve just dig in and maybe win both legs 1-0 or something like that. Real Madrid would be interesting. I know I've said that I don't want them because they, they've been decent defensively in Europe, but they're not in the best of form this season. They have conceded goals in the group stage, so maybe I should sort of be careful about what I'm saying. And on their day, if Spurs can beat them, so can we. So bring bring on Real Madrid, that'd be fantastic. But Basel would be quite nice, really, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think Baal will be ideal, really. Um, Josh, coming to you, who, uh, who have you got your eye on? Uh, what I will say is I think that on our day, 
we can beat any of those sides, 100%, especially considering the second leg will be at Anfield. I think that's a that's a major boost for us. That Both sides, it wouldn't really make a difference, but I think for us, that's, that's huge. I think I agree in terms of logistically, it makes sense to get Baal because they're probably the weakest team and they're quite local too in terms of, you know, in terms of Europe. So I think that'd be a good draw for us. Shakhtar, I can understand the, dis- the distance, but I think stylistically, they'd be a very good team for us to play because they build from the back under their current manager. They're, very, they're a bit like Napoli and Man City in the way they do it. They're good at doing it. But I think if they want to if they want to do that against us, that's a big risk. If they want to do that against us, and I can see us picking them off, especially if they try and do it at Anfield, I can see that ending in a similar way to how Villarreal went in the Europa League. We went to Villarreal. It was a bit of a boring tight game, mm. but when they came to Anfield, we absolutely you know demolished them. We were all over them, on top of them, and they really struggled. So I think Shakhtar would be. A good draw for us in terms of football and styles. Juventus worry me because I, I don't know them. Them top Italian teams, especially Juventus, they're very clever and they're very tactically astute, good at game management. And I think that's one thing we lack. I think although we've got top players and as I said, we can beat anyone. I think over two legs in a European knockout game, Juventus have got far more experience than us and. As I said, they're just they're just a cleverer team than us at this point, and It'd that be very comes into Juventus as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, 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 it would. That comes into play. Um, Real Madrid, they're having a tough time, but yeah, I think you you're mad to to discount Real Madrid. I think on the day they can obviously they can destroy teams, and are they the current holders? Yeah, two in a row. Back to back, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. well, there you go. It's, it's virtually the same team, apart from potentially a bit of a weaker bench. But I I don't want Real Madrid, personally. I'd like us to get through. I think we can go far in this competition. So, uh, who's the other team I'm missing out? Bayern Munich, is it? Yeah, Bayern. Well, yeah. In, well Bayern Munich in pre-season. It's only a pre-season game, but we demolished them in their own, own patch. So, I'm not... Man, you were good last night against PSG. It's hard, isn't it? Because it you is think difficult. sort of we're supposed we're 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 good against big teams generally, and we're good against attacking teams. So we get a big team that might attack us. So pretty much anyone apart from Juve, in terms of who we could get out of the big ones, we could feel like confident we're going to give them a game. Whilst on the other hand, if we get a smaller team, are we going to be you know trying to pick a pick a lock for ninety minutes for for hundred eighty minutes? And it's like obviously what you said, Josh, about how Turin would be really hostile. On the other hand. It, could it be an advantage getting one of the big three because Anfield's going to be really up for the second leg whilst if, say, we got Basel and drew nil-nil in the first leg and came back to Anfield, and is, is it going to be quite the atmosphere that we might have to uh, get, push us forward if we had one of the top dogs? So it's a hard question to answer because there's, so there's going to be positives and negatives of the draw, essentially whether we get a big team or a uh, little, well, not little, but easier one. Yeah, I think every team's there for the reason that all... Every team's there because they've qualified from a relatively strong group. Um, so whoever we play, it's going to be a difficult match, but it's going to be a difficult tie. But um, I don't know. We, 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 whoever we get, I'm not really, I'm not overly fussed. I think who I'd most want to avoid would probably be 
I don't know. It's a really, it's a difficult pop because there's such a variation in there. Usually what? you've got, you know, they're around the same level, but this this is not the case. You've got three top top teams and two on a much lower level. It is nice just to be. It's nice. I'll, I'll get. I'll give. We'll give you a few seconds to think about you. Which team you most like to avoid, and just just to say, probably I think Guy might Guy's probably going to go on set, but it is nice just to be back talking about being in the last sixteen knockout draw. It's the first time I think I was nine. The last time Liverpool win a Champions League knockout, it's the first time this decade. Oh, so, so I young. think amongst 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 all the sort of um, positivity about the performance and stuff, um, the fan base tends to get caught up a lot in whether we've won our last three or lost our last three. What's going on at this moment in time? But if you take a step back and look at the wider context of things, Liverpool are actually doing really well. We're in the top four, we've got fantastic players and we're in the Champions League. Like We should have got through that group. We've got the players too with better teams, better than the other teams than we did. But it's the first time we've done that in over seven years. So praise to Klopp and the players for just getting that done. Yeah, I think what I will say is, you know, looking at how the group's panned out, panned out, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> I think it's only PSG who scored more goals than us. So I think there'll be a lot of teams in there that I, I think there'll be a lot of teams in there that won't want to get us as well. Um, you know the the firepower we've got. We've won two games, I think seven nil. You know that's some doing that in the Champions League. So I think looking at it from other teams' perspe- perspectives, we will be a tough game, and I don't think anybody will, will want to match up match up with us either. That that's a very good point actually. I mean, I think as you said, PSG is the only one who's um, beaten us goal wise. But I think we broke a English or an English record for most goals in the uh, group stages, which beat Man United. So that's always a nice thing. Um, but yeah, we've we've been mighty impressive, and it's not it's not been I know Maribor a bit of whipping boys, but it's not exactly been a a, a very easy group. I mean, Sevilla is very good. Um, Moscow is always tough to go. I know we should have battered them about eight nil in in Moscow as well, but you don't. Nobody wants to go to Russia and Maribor. I think they've had positive did, results against Chelsea. Did, did Maribor? Um, did Maribor beat Sevilla in the end? Uh, the drew one all. They drew. See, like they are bad, but they've got taken points off the other two teams in the group. So, mm. yeah, could it could have? It wasn't. Um, who was it in 2014-15? Ludogorets. It wasn't another Ludogorets, so we managed to oh, get past God. that. God, that's <laughs> just bringing back bad memories. <laughs> oh Jesus! Um, but yeah, just from my uh, two cents on the uh, on the draw, um, I'd like to avoid Bayern Munich because I think they are probably the best team there. I think I'm I'm not a Bundesliga expert by any stretch of the imagination, but. They've apparently got a lot better since Carlo Ancelotti's left. Um, Jörg Hankers, or however you pronounce it, um, seems to have given them a new lease on life. I think Juve, I think it'll be very hostile for obvious reasons. Um, they, other than Atletico Madrid, I know, who have obviously gone into the Europa League, I think Juventus would probably be like our kryptonite because they can defend. Um Real Madrid, I think that would be the the most glamorous tie, and I think that would be the best game on paper, but who still doesn't have flashbacks of um, Dejan Lofren against Ronaldo before? Um, but uh, also also the the Colo Toure game. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... Um, 
it's it's definitely interesting. I mean, I think I'd probably like Porto. I think two historic clubs. I, I forgot about Porto. No left on teamers. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't ever remember us playing Porto. So I think that'll be probably the first time for me. So that that'll probably be the most interesting for me. I think we yeah, might have played them like in two thousand eight. Did we? But I, hold on, someone talk whilst I. Uh, no. Um, no, I don't think so. I'm thinking of Benfica, aren't I? When we got knocked out in 2006. Six, yeah. yeah. To an extent, then, I think I'd possibly want Porto over Barlin because, I mean, can you? what was the last match we played in Bal? Can you remember oh, it? God, that was... Um... That was the that was the that was, that we drew one all didn't we? Yeah. No, 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 no. We no, lost no, no. there, didn't we? And drew at home. No, it was the Europa League final. Oh God, it <laughs> oh. was as well, wasn't it? And we oh. got beat. Oh. So I think I'd and over the years they've fared quite well against us as well. So I'd def- I think I'd probably Porto. I think that'd be my favourite draw. On Porto, we did. I was right. Um, we did play them in two thousand seven eight. Uh, we drew away. Um. One all. Uh, Count scored after a trap called Lu- Gonzalez scored a penalty. Jermaine Pennant was sent off, and we beat them four one at Anfield with a brace from Torres. So yeah, was it, was ten it years. Stage or group, group, but group. we we yeah. group, but Porto did top the group. It was the group where we had Marseille in, where um Gerard scored oh, that ridiculous goal. Yes, we lost yes. two of our first three games. It was also the group where we beat Besiktas eight 0 after losing to them ah. in Turkey. So yeah, bit of a mad group stage. I can't remember playing Porto at all. Um, but yeah, I'd like Porto just because I can't remember that game, so I might as well remember one of them. <laughs> um, yeah, the the only Portuguese team I remember is probably like, who was that? Was it Braga we played? And they have a mountain in the stadium. Oh, in like the two, that 2011 <laughs> yeah. Europa League. Yeah, I remember that for some reason. I can't remember. Those were the days. Bloody, I can't remember bloody playing Porto. <laughs> Europa League football, not my club. Yeah. I remember we played in, Bo- I think it was Boa Vista. In the early two thousands, in like the UEFA Cup or something like that. Jesus, I barely know. Black that and white, exists. black and white kids. I'd have been crawling like, around. So you're just taking the piss now. <laughs> 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 oh God, yeah, this has been. This is. I think this has quite actually been quite fun. I think. Mean, I think Paul. I think Porto's the one because now that you bring it up, bars does seem like a cursed place. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so I think Porto's the one, but um, yeah, I think that's a good way of ending the podcast. Um, I've been your host, Guy Drinkle. Uh, I won't do plugs for myself because we'll be here all night. Um, plugs from you, gentlemen. Ollie, what have you, what have you got on? I've got something on Klopp, which I wrote after the Brighton win, and it still applies tonight about why after sort of a lot of maybe deserves criticism for some of his choices earlier this season, in recent weeks, Liverpool have had really good form. He's been rotating the team well. He's got selections right. He's got players playing well. He's using different tactics for different games, and they all seem to be working. So go and have a read of some praise for Klopp since we're all in a positive mood. And then my observations of the game will be on the site uh, probably in the morning, I think. So that's all from me. Good stuff, good stuff. Josh, you got anything on? Yeah, I should have actually had a piece out today, but it- for whatever reason, it didn't come out, so I'll have to check up on that one. But it, when it does come out, that will be on Liverpool goals and the Premier League because we're scoring a lot at the minute. Ridiculous scoring rates. I think we're averaging 3.2 per game since the Spurs defeat in comparison to Man City, who 
are averaging 2.8. Um, Man United averaging 2.1. And I looked into a bit of Premier League history and um, Liverpool have finished in the top three in goals scored three times in 18 seasons. Um, in in those three times, we've finished second, second, third. And I also looked into um, if you top the table at the end of the season with the most goals scored, you have a 61% chance of winning the league. Um, and with the goal scoring potential we've got at the minute and the way we're performing lately, you know that bodes well for the future. So it's at distance covered, which is my Twitter. And, you know, that, that piece will be out soon, so. Good stuff, good stuff. I mean, I don't think I can handle the heartbreak of coming second again. <laughs> um, <laughs> Top um, score and come fourth. Oh, God, no, no. We, scored, we, scored, we finished one season with the, the most goals in the league. Can you remember what season it was? Oh, it wasn't 13-14 because City ended up outscoring us, didn't they? Was it, yeah, was, we, was we it missed that now? one by one goal. Oh, he's on it was, yeah. Yeah, that's my favourite season. <laughs> but uh, we'll finish on that positive. We may we may win the league. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, th- thanks for joining me, lads. This has been a good fun podcast, and hopefully, um, I'll be back for the for the knockout stages. Mate. Hopefully, we get through the first knockout stage. I might be doing the post match then. Um, but cheers for joining me, guys. Cheers for listening, everybody. Um, goodbye. Hi, this is Gags Tandon. Thank you so much for listening to the show on the Anfield Index podcast channel. I just want to talk to you a little bit about AI Pro and what we're doing over on that part of the channel. It is the subscriber area for Anfield Index. We have expanded, added brand new shows and taken, obviously, one of your favourites, the Under Pressure podcast. As well as the Under Pressure podcast, you'll find Tactics Weekly with Dan Rhodes and Paul Dargleish. You'll have Moby on the spot with Jan Moby and Trevor Downey, absolutely magnificent show. Then we have the brilliant Peter Beardsley on the Legends Lowdown show with either John Buskell, myself, or Eddie. Then there's Nina's Euro Incision podcast, which comes every Champions League game. So after every game, there'll be usually a, a, a review of the entire game day. So not just Liverpool, but talking about German clubs, Italian clubs, maybe even Spanish clubs as well. So that's pretty cool. Media Matters with Sachin Nagrani and myself and Nina. Uh, we'll, we'll, myself and Nina will kind of rotate with Sachin on that. It's a fusion of fan media and national media, talking to journalists and those in within fan media that have done really well. So that's a good one. There's the AI Pro Plus podcast with post-match show pods and anything else that we can react to, like injuries or transfers, um, anything that anyone gets sacked or leaves. And then we have the interview with Trevor Downey as well, who will interview a player, a former player from Liverpool or manager, uh, from our history every month. You can find all of these shows on AnfieldIndex.com. All you need to do is go to AnfieldIndex.com forward slash join. The subscription costs four ninety nine a month or £49.99 a year. Yes, that's gone up now. You've missed out on the introductory offer of £39.99 uh, annually. However, however, we have softened the blow a little by giving you a seven-day free trial for both packages. So either one, if you're interested in signing up annually or if you're interested in signing up on the monthly package, you can now get seven days for free. You can listen to AI Pro for free. I just said that.
for free. Seven days free trial. Sign up AnfieldIndex.com forward slash join. If you've enjoyed anything we've done in the past, any free shows, I mean, we have done these for so long and not charged a penny. We've had adverts on them to try and make money back. We're now going this, you know, into a premium model. There's still lots of free stuff. So if you want to support us, um, you know, come and try that free trial out. If you like it, stick with us. And if you don't, then fair enough. But at least give it a go because the content is absolutely smashing. There have been some brilliant pods since we started in October. You are missing out, really. You are. If you think the free side's good, you've heard nothing yet. Pro has gone another level really it has and it's going to go keep keep getting better and that seven day trial come on man totally free go and try it out if you've enjoyed anything we've done you know there's got to be that much of a trust go and give that free trial a go amfieldindex.com forward slash join it's all there for you there's two apps as well you can actually log in via the ios app or the android app using your login details you can also use podcast or any other ones I uh you know any other app you've got as well so just go to amfieldindex.com forward slash FAQ or amfieldindex.com forward slash getting started uh, getting hyphen started and that'll tell you exactly how to get all that set up but you know seven days free go and give it a go you know just go and give it a go it's fantastic stuff a great offer for you and uh, I'm sure you will not be disappointed thank you so much for listening and please do continue supporting the more ai pro grows the more the free side will grow too for everybody else so yes see you on the other side Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.